The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about setting up your e-commerce master plan. Joining us is Chloe Thomas, who is the podcast host and author of e-commerce master plan, which was started in 2003. And Chloe works client side, agency side, and advertiser side with a variety of retailers from enterprise omni-channel operations to online startups, covering international launches, subscriptions, B2B, and even dabbling in marketplaces. Yesterday, Chloe and I talked about how to build your e-commerce master plan, and today we're continuing the conversation talking about optimization and how you can make sure that you're optimizing for all the right things in e-commerce. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Chloe Thomas, podcast host and author at e-commerce master plan. Chloe, welcome back to the MarTech podcast. Thanks, Ben. It's great to be here again. Excited to have you back on the show and continue our conversation Yesterday, we talked about your e-commerce philosophy, which is centered around building a customer master plan, how to get somebody from the real world onto a web property to get them to buy something and then become a repeat customer. And I landed the plan as we most of the time do, talking about how you really have to understand your customer, understand their pain points to be able to figure out how to put your marketing strategies together. For anybody that didn't listen to that episode, Chloe gave some great tips about the variety of companies that you can think about using for things like merchandising, your marketing automation, even how to do lead capture. It was a really great conversation. Chloe, today I want to continue the conversation, talk about optimization. You laid out all the tools. You laid out all the marketing channels that we can use. And there's a lot that e-commerce marketers need to think about and need to tweak and optimize. How do you figure out what to optimize, where to start, where the holes in your bucket are? Well, I always think that optimization is one of the ways in which we find out about our customers without actually running research campaigns about our customers. You know, you find a lot of nuance and a lot of details about where those customers are as you do the optimization. So how do we work out what to optimize? Well, you've got some kind of general rules of thumb. If you're spending money on it, like Google ads or Facebook ads, you're spending money every single time something happens, then you want to be in there at least once a week, possibly more often, because every improvement you make is going to be having an immediate impact on your costs and ideally on your income as well. 
When it comes to other areas, though, I think pre-pandemic, I was suggesting that people should once every kind of three months, take a big old step back, look at where the weaknesses were in their business. Is our weakest point getting people into the website? Is our weakest point getting email addresses off people? Is it about getting first-time buyers? Is it about getting repeat purchases? And every quarter to go in and reassess where are we weak and what can we do about it and then optimize accordingly. Now, because things are evolving so fast in terms of consumer behavior in different territories, in terms of what's happening in different places in the world and the the knock-on effects we've seen from the pandemic, that's something I think really you should be doing at least once a month is taking a step back, looking at the big picture of the business and going, where are we weakest? Where's our current problem? And then looking at what you've got going on in that part of the business to work out what therefore should I be looking at and improving. One of my mantras in business is you need to plan to make a plan. You need to set out time to evaluate what you're doing and figuring out what the right course of action is. And sometimes it's on a yearly basis, sometimes a quarterly, sometimes a monthly, depending on what tasks you're thinking about, but plan to make a plan evaluate your business. And I like the structure of, are we having a hard time filling the top of the funnel? Are we getting traffic? Is that traffic converting into an email capture? Are the email captures buying things? Are they buying once? Are they buying multiple times? Great way to think about e-commerce problems. But how do you know what's the right metric? Are there benchmarks that you should be thinking about? What is the cost per lead? What is the visitor to lead capture rate? What is the lead capture to email rate? How do you think about what the benchmarks are so you know where the problems are or if that's just what a normal e-commerce business looks like? The good thing about e-commerce, and I spent 10 years running a marketing agency where we looked after Google ads for both B2B lead gen businesses and e-commerce businesses. And it was so much easier to work on the e-commerce accounts because you know how much money is being made. So what I love about in the e-commerce space is that everything comes down to money you make. So we talk about the cost per acquisition, cost per actual order that happens. Obviously, for some things, the timescale on that is a little bit longer than others. It's much harder to track for organic social than it is for paid Facebook ads. And then if you're very advanced, which a lot of businesses claim to be, but in my experience, far fewer are managing this than should be, we tie it to customer lifetime value. So it's not only how much is it costing you to get the first order, it's how much it costs you for the lifetime of that customer and the repeat sales that they bring into you. So for most of our marketing methods, it's really straightforward. We simply look at the money and the orders we're getting in and then If you've got two which are bringing in similar numbers of orders at a similar cost per acquisition, then you start looking at customer lifetime value or you start looking at the average order value, the AOV of those orders. Because for example, frequently Google shopping campaigns bring in a much lower average order value than other Google or Facebook activity because people often just want that one product. Whereas if they clicked on your Google shopping campaign picture of a red short dress, they'll probably just buy that dress. But if they were Googling dresses, they'll probably buy more than one dress. It's something you see again and again in accounts. So the average order value can be really key when we're looking at not just cost per acquisition, but the return on the spend. So Chloe, let me ask you, when you have a business that has a AOV that is right side up, not upside down, that means that you're done optimizing, right? You're already profitable. So there's nothing to optimize. Obviously, that's not the case. I'm kidding. 
But if you're thinking about, well, I've got a good business, I'm 10x ROI, and I still want to get to 11x, get to 100x ROI, how do you figure out what are the benchmarks to look at to understand whether you need to focus on traffic generation, lead conversion, email capture, like there's still different parts of the funnel you're going to optimize. Give me some benchmarks to help me understand where to focus if I'm running an e-commerce business. Well, first off, if you've got that great performance, then what you need to be doing is plowing that money back into the next level of marketing activity, which will need optimizing. So on that front, the optimizing is never done. But to give you some benchmarks, and I caveat this with, I'm not a fan of generalized benchmarks. I think your best benchmark is your own past performance because you have different customers to everybody else. You have different products to everybody else, different price points using different marketing methods. So just going to caveat that before I give you some numbers. But what I've seen generally in industry stats and from my own experience is if you have managed to get 5 to 10% of your site visitors signing up to your email list with a fully optimized pop-up, you are doing very well. It's achievable with not a lot of rounds of optimization, but you've got to get the right type of pop-up, which for your business might be you know, one of those kind of wheel of fortunes that spin in from the, from the side of the page, or it might be a very compelling offer. It might be a discount. Whatever that pop-up needs to be when it deploys, the design of it, the offer on it, that's what you need to get exactly right to get that 5 to 10%. Now, there's no point in doing all that work if you don't have a good welcome campaign off the back of it. So a series of emails that goes out after someone signs up. And if you get that right, then you should be able to turn within about three months, 25% of the people who sign up into a buyer. So that's some basic benchmarks for you to go after on the email sign up and welcome campaign to purchase. Let me do the math here. If I get 1,000 visitors and I get 10% of them to give me their email address, I'm doing exceptionally well. I get 100 leads, 100 email captures. And in three months, 25% of them should become a buyer. These are broad benchmarks. Obviously, they are industry specific, but that means that I'm going to get 25 customers out of the original 1,000 visitors. That's 2.5%. Yeah, which for many e-commerce businesses is a good performance. And don't forget, we've also got a lot of those will be front-ended. So a lot of those will come in very quickly in that welcome campaign. And then we have all the other people who are coming to the website and just going straight through to purchase. So you can get an e-commerce site, five, six, 7% conversion rate. If you've got a strong, loyal customer following, you found the right marketing methods. But generally, if I see a site that's got a six, seven, eight percent conversion rate, I'm thinking one of two things. One is that they are a catalog mailer. So they're sending out a lot of catalogs because that massively spikes your conversion rates on your website. So traffic source is really important here. The other thing, which I think when I see a conversion rate that high is that they're not doing enough marketing because it means they're only doing the best of the best marketing, which means they're missing out on customers who would convert at 5% or 4% or 3% but still may well do profitably. If we come back to your example of the company who's doing the 10x return on investment, clearly there are going to be more marketing methods that are less high quality, but which they can still get customers from at 5x or 2x even. So there's a volume versus efficiency play that you need to consider. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. 
Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Talk to me about some benchmarks for turning one-time customers into repeat customers. What are the metrics that you look for and, and how do you figure out if you've got a retention problem? This is one of the hardest numbers to calculate, weirdly, partly because it can take time for someone to come back depending on the product you're selling. So I did some work a few years ago for a company who sell doormats. Thrilling. Yes. It was surprisingly interesting, actually, but that's the geek in me. But they sell doormats, very pretty doormats with a 10-year guarantee on them. Okay. In the UK, they're a UK business. In the UK, the average house has something like 1.2 doors. So you are not going to sell many doormats to one customer. So for them, that repeat purchase isn't that powerful. You know, they create Christmas ones and Easter ones to try and get you to buy another one, but they've created a product that shouldn't need replacing for 10 years. You just set your marketing automation to start emailing people in nine years. Yeah. Good luck with the data privacy around that one. (laughs) (laughs) So it really varies from business to business. And if you are, you know, a business who's selling a consumable like biscuits or shampoo, then it's going to be a lot quicker. So It's a tricky one to do. And the other thing is at the heart of the heart of it, the majority of customers are only ever going to buy from you once. Industry stats I've seen are that if you're getting 20% of your customers to buy for a second time, you are doing very, very well. And that's kind of within the first year of them being on your list. So, and it's something which I find a lot of businesses historically have neglected, but which has been kind of brought to the forefront over the last 12 months because of the huge surge in new customers everyone got in 2020. So we're seeing a lot more attention being paid to post-purchase sequences, improving delivery, because your ability to create a repeat customer starts from the first time they hear about you. But the really crucial bit is that order getting to them and being great. So there's a lot of investment in back-end systems and ERPs going on in the space at the moment to improve that and the customer service systems that go alongside it. 
incredibly valuable. The thing that I took away is before we said if there was a thousand customers, you're going to end up with 25 who are going to buy your products by the benchmarks we're talking about. And then you said that 20% of them will be repeat buyers within the first year. So that means that you're looking at five repeat buyers out of your thousand customers if we're using our blanket e-commerce benchmarks. So really what you're talking about is five customers that you're searching for out of a thousand. That's, you know, not impossible to recognize five people out of a thousand. How do you figure out who are going to be your repeat customers? How do you go and find more of them? So obviously the better stuff you get in at the start of the funnel, the better you're going to do at getting repeat customers. The more you can understand about those repeat buyers, the better the start of your funnel is going to be. That comes down to two things. One, you want to find out as much as you can about them, ask them questions, have a Facebook group, run customer forums, get their feedback on what you're doing in the business, which will make them feel more engaged and also give you more data on who they are. The other thing you want to do is you want to do remarketing, retargeting lookalike audiences that are focused on those core people. So when you're doing a sync with Facebook and looking for a lookalike audience or doing the same thing on Google, you don't want to take all your buyers ever. You want to take the people who've bought more than once. Or if you've been around for a while, the people who bought more than three times, take your best of the best, the VIPs, and model them for what you're going to do in the future. And look at your own data to see what channels bought them in in the first place, what were instrumental in getting them to buy and do more of that. Understanding how to optimize your e-commerce site is as much an art as it is a science. Yes, you want to understand what the benchmarks and the industry are to try to figure out where you should be optimizing. But a lot of this is intuition as well, where you're understanding or at least making some assumptions on what you could be doing better. You put the marketing programs together, you understand what's working, what has room for improvement. So as much as we want to talk about the benchmarks to make sure that you have an understanding of how to recognize where your marketing programs might be falling down, your gut, your instinct and talking to your customers, like we said, is always going to be a good guide to understand where you can be doing better and what you should be optimizing. So Chloe, last question for you as we talk about your remarketing efforts, what data can you get from your best customers that you can use to turn customers that are not repeat buyers into those higher value, more profitable customers? Well, this is one of the areas that not as many businesses are doing as I think should. They kind of, they've got the tech in place, but they're not using it to the extent they could be, which is these AI and machine learning tools that we call searchandising or merchandising of the websites, which most businesses use to put the right product in the right place, depending on who the visitor is, but which you can also use and set up. So as they learn from your best customers, what products to put front and center, both on your website in front of new visitors. And also you can feed that through into your marketing, into your email marketing. So we talked about welcome campaigns. You can feed into your welcome campaigns what your best customers are buying and put that there up to the minute, up to the day data to really put the best possible products that you know will create a long-term customer right there in the heart of the marketing you're putting in front of the new ones. All right. Chloe, I appreciate coming on the podcast and telling us a little bit about your work at e-commerce master plan. Thanks for coming on and being my guest. It's been a pleasure to be here, Ben. Thanks for inviting me onto your show. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. 
Thanks to Chloe Thomas, podcast host and author of e-commerce master plan for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Chloe, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Chloe Thomas Ecom, C-H-L-O-E-T-H-O-M-A-S-E-C-O-M, or you could visit her website at ecommercemasterplan.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of technology and marketing knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.